Hello and welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Box Season 2. Yeah, it's been a while. Been <laughs> yes. A while. We just been have been very, very, very busy with lots of different things that we have been doing. Yeah, it's been crazy. So we just haven't really had time to sit down for a period of time because we've been doing so many things and traveling and tons of stuff so we haven't had really any time to record and sometimes when we did have time we um forgot <laughs> but we'll try to get back on it as to our, the best of our abilities we are doing something kind of new we keep uh reaching out to different people and giving them the opportunity to give us some suggestions and um, we had a friend give us some suggestions. We want to say, um, do we want to give a shout out or do we want to? To today's suggestion? Yeah. Sure. Shout out to our brother, Zach Reed. For Zach, the woo, woo. We got Baba. a lot of awesome <laughs> suggestions. Some of them are going to take us a little time to get our thoughts together around everything, mm -hmm. have a little bit more preparation. But um, some of them um are good enough to just talk about and this one was good enough to talk about however even though we're giving the shout out i do want to say the suggestion request just for your information is for ideas not for titles <laughs> yeah we leave, that, Zach. <laughs> we leave that to our creative juices <laughs> um, but thanks anyway and uh, we're just playing with him we joke with him all the time so anyway if he ever hears this, I'll send it to him. <laughs> so, why don't you start? What do you want to start with? The topic. The topic? Okay. Well, the topic given was why should or why kids do need to not do not kids, need teens. Yes. They say kids, but we need <clears throat> people's children. Anyways, People's children <laughs> do not need to rely and shouldn't rely on their parents' relationship with God to be their relationship with God, or their parents' standards to be their standards, and so on and so forth, etc. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. are you busy with that? <laughs> Sorry. We um, got this new app, and he's playing on it. So, anyway, yeah. My biggest thing is that, well, let's start with something else. Same topic, but mm -hmm. it is really important that a parent continue to teach their kid in a way yes. that <clears throat> they understand the importance of building their own relationship in the first place with mm -hmm. God. You can't, um, you obviously can't live off of your parents' relationship forever with the lord or and you anybody. really shouldn't at all like at least well when you're like little little like you know you're trying to do your best but once you're you know you know what i mean like once you know enough to have your own relationship with god it it shouldn't be like oh i'm a kid i still you know yeah my biggest thing is this um it is, what has happened is it becomes such a, it's one of the things I've strived to not do 
with you guys from the time you were born. And that is to remind you that it is important for you specifically, or for Julian specifically, not to ever say, well, because my mom made me. Yeah, or, or because my, my pastor. dad told me, or my pastor. Yeah. And I know that at a young age, sometimes that's kind of a thing. But. Well, I think it's. I try really hard to teach you guys not yeah. to do that. And the reason is because I'm trying to give you the principles. That's what I think is lacking. Mm-hmm. Parents are not taking the time to teach their kids what it is that we believe as a church, mm-hmm. as the truth believers. And if they do, they're not helping them to get a relationship built for themselves. Uh-huh. They're telling them what to do. Go pray. Go mm-hmm. do this. Go do that. You need to do this. You need yeah. to do that. Instead of teaching them why. My son asks certain questions from time to time. He'll say, well, you know, why do I have to do such and such? I explain it to him. There was a time in the old school days where parents, adults, pastors even probably would say stuff like, don't worry about it, just obey. Or, or because I said Don't ask me so. questions. Just, you know, yeah. you just need to know that you need to obey, blah, blah, blah. I think the reason for people saying, like, my pa- because my pastor said or whatever, I think when we're little, it's because nobody has told us the reason. That's just what, like, if we ask mom or dad or whatever... And that's something you see you try, guys try not to do is just say, well, we do this because pastor said so or because God said, so, you know, right. we don't we give you the do actual that. you actually say, well, in the Bible, it says blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And that's why we do this. You know, I've also given you guys reasons to believe the Bible. I think that's mm-hmm. important, too. Why? Why should I believe what the Bible says? Giving you the the importance behind that, understanding the historical side of it, understanding the the archaeological side of the Bible, the truths that are there, the things that make the Bible evidently true, right? Um, And then when you believe that the Bible is a true book, a true statement, a true document, then it's easier to show you the truths of the Bible and say, this is why you should. You believe the Bible, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, I do. Here's why you should. Here's some scriptures. And um, I also think one of the things adults parents haven't taught their kids why but the other thing is i don't think parents have taught their kids to study and learn for themselves Mm -hmm. too i've i've always taught you especially because julian's a little younger but i've always told you don't just take people's word for it even if it's you know somebody you should believe or trust yeah it's not that you don't believe them or that you're skeptical of everything Mm -hmm. everybody says it's that what you're trying to do is teach your kid to Hey, I want you to learn it for yourself. So even if pastor preached it, I want you to go read the scriptures and learn it Mm -hmm. for yourself. And I think that's helped you. I think also one of the reasons that has been implemented is because because if I say to somebody, if they're arguing with me, if they say, if I say, pastor preaches, let's just give an example. Like women don't cut their hair. And somebody's like, why don't you cut your hair? Well, because my pastor preaches it and says it's in the Bible, da-da-da-da-da. But I can't prove that because I've never looked for myself. And not that my pastor would ever use scriptures that didn't make sense with what he was teaching. But if a pastor or somebody I thought like, if somebody told me, well, Galatians says this about not cutting your hair or whatever. 
Um, and then I use that and it's not correct because I've never looked at it to see if that's actually what it says, then it's not going to make my argument a strong one. You know what I mean? Right. The other thing is teaching you the principles of... So there's a principle in the scripture that's taught called the law of the harvest or the principle of the harvest. The principle here is that whatever you sow, you're mm -hmm. going to reap. So teaching you that if you do good things, if you treat people a certain way, mm -hmm. if you act a certain way, if you do certain things with your relationship with God, then you're going to reap the benefits of that. Which is funny because people usually use that in a negative like connotation. They're like, well, if you sin, you're going to reap sin. You know what I mean? But they never say if you live right and do your best yeah, you're going to reap goodness and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever says that. Everyone just always wants to use it for a bad thing. So like to keep people away, like if you are mean to somebody, they're going to be mean back to you. But nobody ever says if you're nice to somebody, they're probably going to be nice back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's another thing is that people um, like to use scriptures like that one-sided almost. Like they'll do that sometimes. That's evidence Melanie's been listening to my preaching. <laughs> That's a point I make often about that scripture. So. Yes. Well, I've heard your that sermon that you preached with that like <laughs> three times. Yeah. If anybody's wondering, that's what we've been doing that we've been so busy. We've been doing evangelizing stuff. So, really so, fun. The actual topic, though, was the importance <laughs> of young people learning to get it for themselves yeah. learning to i don't remember how he phrased it learning to, yeah i don't remember either. to um sorry <laughs> basically to to be able to live on their own relationship yes. with god not why with basically else's. explaining why and how somebody should not use their parents relationship as theirs Basically explaining everything that has to do with that. That was the original topic. But we like to go off, off topic all the time, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the point is there, um, I would say the biggest thing would be to... Um, one of the things we just recently heard, there was a preacher named Nathan Cox that talked about... Um, if you don't have the Holy Ghost yourself, if you don't have mm -hmm. the Spirit yourself, then it's a lot easier for you to be swayed. Yeah. If you are learning anything in life, anything at all, mm -hmm. you can say, let's just use something easy. If you're learning algebraic formulas, mm -hmm. the teacher can tell you how to solve it. And if you sit there with the teacher and he teaches you how to solve the problem... And he's walking you through each step. You're going to get the right answer as you're yeah. working with a teacher. But if the teacher teaches you the formula, then it doesn't matter what the problem is. Yeah. You know the formula and you're able to find the solution. Mm -hmm. It's the same with your relationship with God in such a way that um, you have to know the formula. You have yeah, to know the because formula. It's, it is very similar to that actually now that you're saying that. It makes sense because... If they're just going you step by step through this problem, it's not going to help you with... Pro if you're on problem one and you go through step by step, those same steps and those same subtracting here, adding there might not help with problem nine, which is multiplying and dividing. You know what I mean? Right, because 
this one might be x plus y equals mm -hmm. z. The next one might be parentheses x, y plus parentheses yeah, z, y yeah. equals whatever. But yeah. if you learn the formulas, mm -hmm. then it's easy. You've got it for yourself and yeah. you can you can And you can say, apply it to the situations exactly. that you see that that would work. And you can say, I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. I can figure this out for myself. So, in, in, and that's not to say that living for God or getting a relationship for God or getting is the a truth formula. in your brain is a formula. Yeah. And if you teach somebody the formula, they always get it. Yeah. But in a way, it is. Um, the formula is a lot more complex. Yeah. And than the formula just is X that. Plus, here's, here's, another, here's another analogy or, or example. My father was not a great father growing up. Mm -hmm. He wasn't around very much to be a good father. Even if he had been around, he wasn't a great father. But anyway, mm -hmm. I cannot think very many things that he taught me in life. I didn't learn a lot from him. But there was one thing I learned from him. that He didn't sit down and teach it to me and tell it to me. Um, but I watched him do this. And it... It helped me and helped me to know how to do something. So mm. what he taught me was, by watching him, was to always work hard. My dad was always mm. at work, yeah. and he always worked hard. No matter what he did, he worked hard. He did his job. Yeah. And he never he never um, backed out of a job. If he was doing something for somebody and told him he'd charge him X amount, and it took him way longer than he thought, he wouldn't charge him extra, yeah. and he never said, oh, this is taking too long. I'm not going to do it. He always just did the job. I remember even when he struggled with addictions, um, substance abuses, addictions, and things like that, there was times he would show up to work even though he was, you know, ha he had these struggles where yeah. those struggles often will keep people from work. Mm -hmm. So what it taught me was you got to be a hard worker. And the harder you work, the more success you're going to have at work. Because yeah. I watched my dad do different things that helped him to be successful at his jobs. Yeah. And so that was somewhat of a formula, right? Mm -hmm. Work hard, do your best, show up early. I remember him telling me if you're early, you're late. Or if you're early, you're on time. And if you're on time, you're late. That was the My dad was. actually... For anybody who doesn't pay attention to when we get to services, my dad actually applies that a lot. We'll get there like an hour early, and then everyone's like, sorry, I came in late. Well, my dad's always like, we got here an hour early. Yeah. You know? I don't like being late for anything, but that is one thing I mm -hmm. learned. So if you learn that, you don't have to know how to do any specific job well. You yeah. can learn those jobs on the job training. Yeah. That has taken me a lot of places, meaning I have friends that went to four-year college, learned all kinds of stuff in school. They have careers, and they make decent money. Yeah. I never went to college. I'm a, I'm not advocating for skipping college. I think college and school are a very good thing. Melanie plans on going to college. Um, I plan on someday taking future college classes to help me with my ministry. However, I didn't go to college. And the cool part about that is I applied the formula of hard work, doing yeah. my job, and I've been successful. I oftentimes will look around at some friends that have two, three, four-year degrees, and I make as much, if not more, money than they do, and I don't have a degree. Well, it's because you can't <clears throat> teach worth, worth, you can't teach work ethic is what I was trying to say. Yeah. You can't say, well, this is 
It's similar to what you were saying earlier where not everything is a formula. It's way more complicated. Right. But it's a similar process. Like but that's a good example for a friend. You also can't teach faithfulness. Mm -hmm. You have to just learn to be faithful. Yeah. And the only way to learn how to work hard is it's to, to go work, to work hard. Work when you're tired. Work yeah. when you're sore. Work when you don't feel like working. Mm -hmm. Work when you have a headache. And your bosses look at you and go, man, this guy's a hard worker no uh -huh. matter what. You have to actually work hard to learn how to work hard. Yeah. And it's the same with being faithful to God. The Bible says... Or creating a relationship end, with God. At the end, God's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. So you got to be good mm -hmm. and you got to be faithful. If you have those two things, that will take you a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Being good means you're going to be holy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be righteous. You're going to be obedient. You're going to follow the word of God. Being faithful means you're going to do what he asks you to do, right? Now, there's a lot more to it than that, but being good and faithful. So if I'm going to be faithful, how do I learn to be faithful? By being faithful. Yeah. By showing up when you don't want to be at church, when you didn't want to get up in the morning, when you have a headache, when you don't feel the best, you still show up. You still put the time in, in your personal prayer, uh -huh. in your personal Bible study and reading, in your personal fasting stuff, in your giving, in your tithes and offerings. And in your attendance to church. That is a big thing right now. People don't go to church as often. And they and think they're being led by the Spirit to go other places. But faithfulness comes by being faithful. And also, nobody can really use COVID as an excuse anymore. I know there are some people who are compromised with health, health issues. I just can't speak today for some reason. I understand that. Slow down. It'll help you. But... The majority of us, there's lots of people getting vaccinated right now, whether you agree with that or not. There's lots of people that have been quarantined this whole time and haven't seen anybody. And then there's lots of people that have just been living life as normal as we can. Or had COVID. Yeah, or had COVID immunity. already. So it's not an excuse to say, oh, well, COVID. There's lots of churches doing live streams. There's lots of churches doing live services, like in-person services. They're taking good precautions if you're scared of that. There's per people that aren't taking any precautions if you want that. So there's not an excuse to say, oh, it's COVID. It's this, it's there that. There is no excuse. Ever. Yeah. I always tell people, I have, I have people at work and I work with a lot of younger people, a lot of people that um, I've helped to mentor and teach their twenties. And here's what they've 30s. said. Here's what people have said to me when I say stuff like, you know, I like to read or that I read this book. I mm -hmm. oftentimes it, man, I would read, but I just don't have time, right? Uh -huh. Or I say things like, I get up, I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is I pray, and then and then I I read some scripture. I get ready for the day. I have my coffee. I do all these things. I tell them all these things that I do before mm -hmm. I even go to work. And they're like, I just don't have time for that. And here's my answer to them about it. Make you only time. have time for what you want to do. Yes. Couple that with this. When you're in a relationship, like physical woman-man relationship, mm -hmm. any two people can make a relationship work. Yes. Okay? Two people that are dedicated. They have to want the relationship. Mm -hmm. If you truly want the relationship to work and they truly want the relationship to work, both of you working at it will make it work. Yes. No matter where you came from, no matter how different your backgrounds are. Mm -hmm. I have, I know couples that their backgrounds were completely different. Look, our pastor and his wife, mm -hmm. they came from completely different childhood, completely different backgrounds, completely different growing up. Yes. Their childhoods were completely different. 
they're an absolutely wonderful couple yes, been married sir. 31 years right mm -hmm. that's the example so if you take that the relationship of you gotta want to mm -hmm. with you'll make time for what you want to do yeah because some of those same people that don't read books they'll play video games for three hours right yeah so how much of that time could they have spent right. doing other they things get up that they say five, they want to do five or ten minutes before they have to go to work throw some clothes on and run out the door yeah. Right. If people would prioritize and say, "Hey, I want to do such and such. I'm yeah. going to get up early." That is the exact same principles that need to be applied to living for God and building yeah. a relationship with Him. If you want to do it, and you put the effort in, your relationship with God will work, no matter how hard things get in life. Mm -hmm. If you put in the effort, it'll work. And if you say, "I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to fast. I don't have time to read the Word," you do have time. You just don't have your priorities straight. There's 24 hours in a day. Worst case scenario, if you're the busiest person on the planet, you can give up a half hour or 45 minutes of sleep Yeah. by either going to bed early, getting up earlier, going to bed later, whatever mm -hmm. you got to do to put in that time. You can make but time if you want also to. don't take that to the extreme and say, I'm going to pray for 24 hours a day. I'm going to do the, you know. Well, of course, but what I'm yeah. saying is. I'm just saying for people. Here, this is from dad to daughter. Yes. Okay. Remember this anytime you think, man, I just don't have time to whatever, fill mm -hmm. in the blank, right? Pray, fast, read, mm -hmm. read scripture, study scripture, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I just don't have time to do such and such. If that has to do with your relationship with God, your relationship with God should be number one. You do have time. You just got to prioritize yourself. What are you putting before that? Here's a scary concept for those of you who already believe Anything that gets in the way of you developing your relationship with God, whatever you're putting mm -hmm. first is God. Mm -hmm. God will have no other thing before him. There's no thing, no God. Mm -hmm. If you're putting something before him, before reading, before praying, before all that stuff, then you are actually putting that thing in place of God. It has become your God. Mm -hmm. So you might say, well, I work 14 hours a day and I just don't have enough time then your job is your God. Now, I'm not going against working. You got to provide for your family or provide for yourself. I get it. But if you truly want a relationship with God, make it whatever sacrifice you have to make, and God will bless you with the yes. job that will give you enough time. You got a 14, 16-hour job, and you only get to sleep six hours? Guess what? Sleep five and give God one hour. Mm -hmm. Right? You got to make it a priority. I believe this one thing kiddo if god is number one in your life everything else falls into place finances will struggle relationships will struggle families will have loss and will have troubles and will have issues from time to time things aren't going to always be hunky-dory and 100 percent great but when god is number one he will give you all of the tools and things that you need in each of those situations he'll comfort you in grief and loss He'll be there for you to, to give you peace in stressful times or fearful times. He'll be there to give you courage. He'll be there to help you um, when you feel tired and wore out. He'll be your mm -hmm. rest. When you need encouragement or love or affirmation, he will be the one to give it to you. No matter what happens in life, if he's number one, you will always find what you need, what you desire in him. Mm -hmm. That's the key to doing what Brother Zach asked about is... You Bring have it to full circle. <laughs> you have to put him first. Yes. 
when you put him first, everything else falls into place. You give your tithes before you go pay your bills. And I promise you, God will pour out a blessing financially. Now I'm going to preach a little at you. That's kind of where I'm <laughs> feeling it, right? When you wake up in the morning, one of the things I've been trying to do, I've been trying really hard. There is a couple times I missed. I'm not saying I'm perfect. But if you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is reach and read some scripture. It's amazing how peaceful and how much your mind is on the things of God the rest of the day. Because the first thing you did when you opened your eyes, when, when my eyes are still groggy and I'm barely keeping them open, I'm reading scripture. Mm -hmm. I'm not checking my text messages. I'm not looking at emails. I'm not seeing who posted what on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. The first thing I do. When I wake up in the morning, I utter the words, thank you, Jesus, for another day. And I pick up that Bible and read. Now, there has been times I slept in a little late. I jumped out of bed, got upstairs, shook myself off a little bit, washed my face. Then I got to praying and reading my scripture. But for the most part, man, when my eyes are barely able to be open, that mm -hmm. I got that phone in my face yeah. with the scripture. I try to do that before I do anything on my phone. I try to do my devotional thing that I have on there. And then my reading the chapter of Proverbs or whatever. I'm almost finished with Proverbs. Yeah. The whole thing. I'll say one other thing that's got to go hand in hand with all of this. And it seems like we're jumping around. But I'll try to bullet point the It's all here. connected. Yeah. You just got to know what we're talking You've about. You've got to trust him too. Mm -hmm. No relationship. Whether physical earth relationship or relationship with God no relationship can be successful without trust yeah no friendship no you nothing. just can't you gotta trust them uh -huh. and even if they made mistakes you trust them right mm -hmm. you make you they build trust they they show themselves that they're sorry for breaking your trust and they rebuild it mm -hmm. and you learn to trust them again yeah God will never break your trust you can trust him now we may not always understand what he's doing mm -hmm. or why he let things happen it'll feel like he broke our trust but you can trust him. So let me bullet point these topics here. Number one, you've got to be faithful. Being faithful means you have to be faithful to learn how to be faithful. That's just the only way to do it. Yes. You just keep doing it. Second, you've got to trust God. You've got to trust that he knows everything. He's got everything. Number three, these aren't in order by importance or anything. Third bullet point, you've got to put God first. Mm -hmm. Every Before everything and anything in life, God has to be number one. And then the last thing I would say is you've got to know that the truth of the word of God is real, right? You've mm -hmm. got to know that the Bible is true so that when you need to know the answer to something in life, you can turn to the word of God. Because yeah. the, all the answers to all the problems in life and all the good things in life are in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So if you have those things, you can build a relationship for yourself. That doesn't mean you can't. It, it doesn't mean that young people can't model their life after their parents mm -hmm. can't imitate some of the things until they become habits or become yeah. part of the disciplines or to become until they get their own things that they do like convictions for example. let me throw this out for the parents okay you want your kids to live for god now listen i understand my kids are still young mm -hmm. there may come a point when you guys are adults you choose not to live for god right mm -hmm. but right now this is what I think works. I've seen it work for other people, and I'm hoping that it continues to work for our family. This is what I've seen works. It really falls on the parents to help the kids get their own relationship. Yeah. You have to put practices in place where your kids know, 
I don't know how many times my kids have woken up and heard me praying or reading scripture. Or listening to preaching. Maybe it's never happened very much at all. But I can tell you it has happened at least sometimes. I've I wake up sometimes at six or whatever when he's getting ready for work and I wake up because I hear Cody Mark screaming in the living room. I'm like, what in the world? And I'm like, oh <laughs> I'm pouring God into me as yeah. early as possible in all different avenues. Mm-hmm. My point of that is saying this. There's things that my kids can just know are going to be part of life. Yeah. They know in the morning, on weekdays, and even on Saturday, they know when they wake up, they're going to either hear me praying, they're going to hear me reading, they're going to hear preaching. Yeah. They know dad is touching God in the Mm -hmm. morning, right? The second thing that you guys know is every night before prayer, we pray. I mean, before bed, we pray. Before prayer. Yeah, before prayer, we pray. Uh, that's how double bless- we are. That's, that's how we get the double blessing. We pray to Before twice. bed, we pray. We get together. We only take five or ten minutes max and pray yeah. together as a family. We each say, like, a different prayer. We try to not say the same exact words every but single night. you can bank on that every yeah. time. Another thing is, the things that I'm teaching my kids... I do myself. Mm-hmm. You can't be a parent that's going to tell your kids to be faithful to the house of God and always miss because you got a cough or a little runny yeah, nose. Yeah, that's the thing is people thing. think you just can't because... You be hypocritical with your kids. You tell them that they need to do something, you better do it. You I was just going to say, it. some parents say, well, it's because I'm the parent. Yeah, but your kids aren't taking it that way. They're thinking... Well, why is mom telling me to do this and she doesn't even do it? Like, what's the point of that? When I get to become mom's age, I'm not going to do it either. You know, they get in that mindset because that's what they're seeing around themselves. I don't know why. Yeah, you're not you're not building their confidence that you believe what you're saying either. Yeah. It's not just hypocritical. But when you tell your kids, hey, you should pray every day, and they never hear you pray, they never see you pray, they don't know if you even pray. They're going to be like, why should I pray if mom doesn't even pray? You don't even believe what you're saying. Why should I believe? Yeah. Right? But when they see you doing things like you pay your tithes before you pay any Mm -hmm. bills, and they watch God pour out a blessing on you financially, then it's going to motivate them. Tell them, hey, Look at what God did for us. Guess what? When they get birthday money, when they get money for allowance or for whatever, they put that money in the envelope. My kids mm-hmm. are, have learned those things. And I'm not bragging. I'm not trying to say I'm parented perfect or my kids are perfect or any of that stuff. But it is our podcast. And so yeah. I'm trying to use us as an example to help somebody. You parents need to take the responsibility to help your children build their own relationship. Mm-hmm. As much as they can't live off of your relationship, you can't expect them to build one without your help. Yeah. Everybody needs help to build that relationship. Mm -hmm. And they'll get on their own. It's like riding a bike. First, you got to have some training wheels. But there comes a day those training wheels come off. And guess what? Mommy or daddy have to help you along for a little while until you can get Mm -hmm. on that bike by yourself, right? And then you know how to ride the bike for the rest of your life. Exactly. So if you choose not to ride the bike... That's your fault. And you're never going to lose it. That's what it means by training up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. What it means is not that he won't ever go against the things that you're mm-hmm. saying, but he will never be able to leave what you've taught him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They cannot separate themselves it. from what you've trained them to do. So spiritually speaking, 
you you train your kids yeah. you let them have some training wheels one day you take those things off and you guide them along you give them some guidance i feel like that's where melanie's at right now she's mid teenager and she's she's doing a lot of things where she makes decisions on her own she's got a lot of freedoms and we just guide her we just mm -hmm. keep her on balance and there's going to come a day daddy's going to let go of that spiritual bike seat yeah. and let her ride and she's got to choose to stay on that ride mm -hmm. for herself spiritually speaking also it's where i don't know how to say this it's um it's something our pastor says he says that people that have been in truth will never lose it even if they say they don't believe it anymore if they've been taught it they know it's and they know it's they knew it's they knew it was the truth they still know. They're it, just choosing not to believe it. If they got it for themselves. Yes. If they Some, didn't. That's the thing. If you if you keep your hand on the bike, they're never going to learn how to balance it for themselves. So they're never going to be able to ride it without your help. That is a good point. That is a really good point. You've got to be able to trust your kids to let them figure mm -hmm. it out. And if they fall and scrape their knee, you're there to help them get back on the bike mm -hmm. and try again but if you're always holding on they're never gonna learn and that's yeah. what parents do they constantly hold on and it's not because they're worried about their kids failing yeah. it's because they want control uh -huh. they want control of what their kid is doing and mm -hmm. where they're going and how they're steering yes so if you let go and allow them to develop and we're using the bike analogy okay yeah ride that bike on their own they might fall, and they may need you to come help them up. Yes. But there will come a point where they can ride that bike on their own. And every morning when they're jumping on the spiritual bike and they're living that life, yeah. living for God, they know that they can do it. No kid, no mm -hmm. person that ever learns how to ride a bike looks at a bike and goes, oh, I don't know if I can ride that after already riding it, especially if they do it multiple times. Mm -hmm. Once you got it, you got it. That's yeah. why this statement, it's like riding a bike even exists. Because you, you can never, go, you could go for 50 years and then get back on a bike and it's like you never stopped. Right. And mm -hmm. that is how it is with the relationship with God. Mm -hmm. If you will teach your kids, and I'm telling you, Mel, if you will get a hold of it and learn to live this life all by yourself, you'll never forget how. And if you struggle, if things happen, people that walk away, you know what? I've seen a lot of people come back to the Lord that have walked away don't have a relationship with him they return and you know what they don't forget they that's will, what i was they, gonna say they it's like know the bike where to thing go again. and they know how to pray and they know yeah. how to touch god and they can just get it in a moment that's what i was gonna say it's it like you long. could it's the same thing that we said about the bike you could be gone for 50 years and then come back and it's like you never left obviously you have to grow a little bit but you can leave the church if you're backslidden... Not that we want you to. Yeah, not that we want you to. But if you have, it doesn't mean you can never come back because you don't know how to do it anymore. You can't be a Christian. Nobody will accept you. Gotta you got to want to. Yeah. You got to want to come back and it will just feel like you never left. Listen, I have never... Now, that isn't saying that this doesn't happen. Yeah. I've seen a lot of new people pray to get the Holy Ghost and it takes them a while because they're working through things, mm -hmm. right? I've never seen somebody who walked away from God, who already had the Holy Ghost, yeah. come back 5, 10, 20, 30 years later and not be able to immediately go back to the Holy Ghost. Now, I've seen them not do it, 
because yeah. they choose not to. But when they want to, if they want to, they can immediately go right back. Repentance only takes because a few seconds. Because it's a muscle because, memory thing. Well, it's not even just that. It's a spiritual thing. That's what they I'm saying. They know it's where like to go. They know how to get there. Spiritual muscle right? memory. Yeah. Basically. And so I've never seen that. And I truly believe there isn't a person that's had the Holy Ghost that can't just go get it right now. Because they've got to want to. Yes. And that's the thing about getting the Holy Ghost is some people feel like on the inside they feel like they've got it. But nobody's ever heard them speak in tongues. That might be because they didn't allow themselves to speak in tongues. That's why they feel like they have it, but nobody knows. You know what I mean? Right. That kind of thing. Which that's not always the case. Which truly means they don't. Yeah. That's not always the case. Yeah. That's not always the case. Some people just think they have it and they don't. But I'm saying sometimes people don't let the their tongue or themselves release unto God. And so they feel like they've got something, but it's not the what full they're experience. Feeling is God's forgiveness. Yeah. They're feeling God taking their sins and forgiving them. And it's a good feeling. It feels yeah. good when God touches you. But filling you with the Holy Ghost and forgiving you are two different things. Yeah. So anyways, back to this main topic here. Those are the keys. We've talked about them. We know them now. You've got to apply them. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Parents need to help their kids, but kids need to want to. Kids <laughs> need to want to live for God. If you don't want to live for God, if you if the things of the world are enticing you or pulling at you, and you just continue to give in to them, you will eventually be there. Yeah. When you choose to live for God for yourself, you've got to do it for yourself. You can't do it because mom told you. You can't do it. Here, Here's the other part. Because one day you're going to move out of the house. Mm-hmm. You're going to be by yourself. And dad's not going to be there to wake yeah. you up for Sunday school. And mom's not going to be there to get you up in time for church. You've got to be able to say, I love God enough mm-hmm. that I'm going to get myself out of bed and make it to the house of God. Yeah, I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I'm going to live righteous and holy because to once, please him. Because once you've taken those training wheels off, you can't say, well... I need to put something back on here because, you know, today I'm just not feeling like I can ride a bike. So I'm just going to put them back on. Now, I'm not knocking somebody if they've never learned how to ride a bike. Yeah, we're just using that as an analogy. Typically, you don't see a 45-year-old with training wheels on his bike. That is true. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that some 45-year-old has never rode a bike, can't have Mm -hmm. training wheels. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is you've got to grow. You've got to learn how to do things on your own. The biggest thing is you've got to want to. If you For yourself. Here, <laughs> I keep adding to this, but here's the last <laughs> thing we'll say and we'll kind of close it out here. Okay. It Sounds all boils good. down to really one thing. Falling in love with God. Mm-hmm. If you truly love him. You'll pri- do your best. Him being number one. Do everything you can him, to serve Being him. faithful to him, trusting him, believing mm-hmm. in his word and it is true. All of those things we've talked about building a relationship if you Mm -hmm. truly love him those things will come naturally it'll be Mm -hmm. easy to do all of those things because you care you love him you don't want to disappoint him you want to show him the love that's why some people at their beginning of their walk it's harder because they're still learning to love yes because if you I know this is a weird thing for me to say because I usually don't like talking about this stuff but if you let's say you have a boyfriend 
you're not going to be in love with them the first time you ever see them. It takes a long time to get to that point. Yeah, because you got to learn that. Yeah. So it's the same thing with God. It's going to be hard at the beginning, and you're not going to want to pray. However. And, but after a while, it's going to be like, yeah, I get to pray however, right now. Like you know. I do believe loving somebody is a choice. Yes, if, that if is true. If not permanently, well. at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You've got to choose to love somebody and show them love. Yeah. And it's the same with God. you got to choose to love mm-hmm. him. That's why he gave us a free will, that we would choose to love him. And yeah. put him as the priority. That's another thing that I would keep adding on, but it's okay. It's well, our it's, podcast. It's the same thing. Um, it's the same thing. But that's what I would say. Yeah. For those of you, and I don't think that, that the guy that suggested this was is struggling with figuring it out for yeah, himself. Yeah, I don't think Just so thought He thought it would be a good topic, and I yeah. believe that that's, I think it's true. Mm-hmm. But if you fall in love with God, you won't have yes. problems. You won't have problems, because everything else is part of loving God. Mm-hmm. He'll do all those things. And you can't also I know this is keeps adding on, but it's my podcast, so <laughs> um another thing about love and choosing to love is that you can't always look for the love feeling that you have mm, when you're with God. Point. Because if you're just going to church for the feeling the feeling's gonna go away because our feelings change, the atmosphere changes, your life changes. So it's not always gonna be the same feeling you felt the first time you got the Holy Ghost all the time. Now it may be a lot of the time, but you can't get discouraged in that time it isn't and say, Well, God isn't with me anymore because I don't feel I, I don't have that nice feeling that I had before. Preach. <laughs> Good point. Um I would just, the only little thing I'll add to that, and, and we seriously well, close. will finish, yeah. finish with this, um, is that you're absolutely right. And it's not just what you feel, but mm-hmm. how you feel, right? Yeah. When you go to church, things aren't maybe not going good in your life, and you're trying to get right with the Lord. There's a desire to get right with the Lord mm-hmm. because things aren't always getting good and going well. Yeah. And you get a good feeling when he touches you. Mm-hmm. There comes points in time where God doesn't touch you that easily. Or your life is better. Or your life is good and you don't feel like you need to go to church. Yeah. Or you feel so terrible you don't want to go to church. Whatever it is. So what you just said, I agree with that 100%. You've got to go. That's why I said you got to be faithful Mm -hmm. by being faithful. Because you're not always going to want to get up in the morning and go to church. And you're going to go to church and sometimes you didn't feel God at all. I'm saying this from personal experience. I'm pretty sure both me and my dad have felt this. There's days we're too tired. We don't want to be getting up for church before 9 o'clock. We don't, he doesn't want to go shave his face so he can go to church. I don't want to get up and do my hair and all this stuff. But we do it anyways. Because, because we we're committed it. to the relationship. Yep. And it, that'll go into other things like following your calling and things mm-hmm. like that because those aren't always fun either it's not always fun to preach you know you would think a preacher that's called to preach would always have fun preaching and for the most part i do i do enjoy preaching but there's times i just don't i don't want to preach i just want to listen mm-hmm. and i'm the one on the podium i'm the one preaching today yeah it happens but you just got to do what you're supposed to do and go where god tells you and do what he's asking why because you love him and on that, I, the other day, 
I was on the Bible app and one of my friends posted a quote saying, it's not always easy, but it will be worth it. And he commented underneath his post and he said, this reminds me of my relationship with God. Oh, that is so true. Because true. it's not always easy. It's not going to be a smooth sailing, fun ride the whole time. But in the end, it will be very worth it. Yeah. Very worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if this, this podcast fit in the breaking the box. I didn't feel like we were talking to each <laughs> other know. as much as we were talking to other people. It but... was it was very um, preachy to me. Maybe that's because we haven't done it in a long time and you've been preaching so much. We're just <laughs> preaching to the audience. Well, <clears throat> here's the thing I'll say in closing. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> and I'm com- that's why I do this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard and obviously we've been so busy it's been difficult to say and time. It's, but... And it's... I what? do this because I care yeah. about you and because I care about the people that listen to what And we we're also say. not saying that we haven't had these conversations. We just haven't had time to record them. That is true. We've been we have conversations like this all the time. So Well, I love you, kid. Love you too, dad. Good one. Can I have a hug? I guess. We're hugging. You guys can't see right now. <laughs> we would show you, but <laughs> Hey. <clears throat> stay strong. Love God. Do what you're supposed to do. I'm trying to do my best here. Yeah, I know you are. You do a fantastic job. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Very proud to be your dad. (laughs) Pat myself on the back. (laughs) Okay. All right, everybody. We love you. Bye. God bless.